Welcome to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Coming to you from Dallas, Texas. Here's your host, Tim Wilkins. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Wilkins, joined by the host, the co-host of co-host, Chris, joining me once again. And today's topic, we're going to do, we're going to do today's edition of the Championship 4 Weekend. It is the NASCAR Championship 4 Weekend at Phoenix. I don't even know what they call it anymore, if it's International Raceway, something or whatever. It's now known as Phoenix International Speedway. But Chris, thank you for joining me today, man. We're going to have a good time, man. We got a lot of good good storylines to talk about. We got it all squared away here. We're going to make our picks, by the way, for mm. who the championships are. I think, Chris, we uh, we had some fun watching that Martinsville race, I think, uh, this past weekend. A lot oh, of yeah. fun. The Xfinity level had some drama. Um, I, think, I think whoever owns stock in Speedy Drives had probably uh, invest some more because there's probably about – couple truckloads i mean <laughs> of speedy dry drop down during the, the xfinity race but um good 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 weekend of racing at a good short track that has a lot of history and uh we're gonna go into phoenix which arguably is what many purists would say is should not be the last race of the season it should be homestead but i'm just gonna say it's an exciting racetrack you know it, there's nothing you don't want anything else you want some excitement so Let's. I uh, hope you had a good weekend, Chris. Uh, your thoughts going into this championship four? I'll let you before. I'm going to pull up here the uh, the truck series here, so we go through the four drivers here. Yeah, no, that's you know again ready to crown uh, three more champions uh, this weekend. This will be the uh, I believe the fourth year that the Cup Series finishes uh, the season in uh, in Phoenix. So certainly, uh, yeah, the racing year has been it's especially on the cup size had its struggles. Um, but again, obviously compelling situation there, but yeah, we'll, we're going to hit on all three national touring series as they crown their, their champions, uh, and make our, make our picks of who we think will win, uh, who will hoist each of the the three trophies here, uh, this coming weekend out in, in Arizona. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of takeaways from the season. I think, before we go into the cup series, we'll, we won't, we'll do that later. Um, I think as a fan that there still needs to be some improvement to the packages uh, of the cup series, especially on the short track. Um, I had friends that were at the race in Martinsville. They, uh, they definitely were not crazy fans of the amount of level of racing or the quality of racing that was going on. It seemed kind of boring at times, which compared to the Xfinity level, I mean, obviously you have half the level of laps, but there was a lot of, I, I would say, racing going on. It just, it, there's definitely some room for improvement on the on the package for the cup level. I think they'll work through those. But uh, you know, Martinsville is always an exciting track, Chris. I think we can all say that as of as a fan, the short tracks always leave a lot of excitement. They're the same level of 
what can happen as a as a restrictor plate race. So it's anything can happen. That's why it's on the schedule where it's on the schedule. So we're gonna kick it off into the late hour of a of Halloween here and uh kind of decide who we're gonna pick here for the Craftsman Truck Series champion. That obviously the four contestants on this awesome windmill of greatness here is Corey Heim. Carson Hosevar, Ben Rhodes, who's a former champion, and Grant Infinger. So, this kind of gave you a broad synopsis here, a little bit here of the stats going on to this. Corey Heim has, out of the 21 races, three wins, 12 top fives, 19 top tens. Average finish for Mr. Corey Heim is sixth. So, that's his stat line. Grant Infinger. Three wins, uh, nine top fives, 12 top tens. Average finish is ninth. Okay, so historically, and you have Mr. Carson Hosevar, which he's uh, the cerebral, he's the favorite for sure for a lot of reasons. He's getting an opportunity to race in the Spire Motorsports 77 car next year. We got four wins, 11 top fives, 13 top tens. And last but not least, Mr. Ben Rose, the returning champion, I believe. Is he the defending champion, Chris? I think he is, right? Uh, or I believe he's a 2021 champion. Uh, okay, so I, oh, I'm a mistake there. I, I, he yeah. has, he is a former champion. He is uh, one win this season, six top fives, 13 top tens, and his average finish is, uh, well, is a grand total of 11. So he he's ran mid-pack for most of the year he obviously is one but so those are the four guys running this year and i, I think chris i i'm i've not watched a, a ton of truck series races i have watched obviously some of the big ones but yeah um i think the the odds on favorite here says Corey heim uh based on the amount of just this where his average finishes and the consistency factor but it's not always about that. It's whoever finishes the best here. So it's not about what you've done in the season. It's what you do now, as they say. But realistically, when you look at the four teams, who do you, who do you, would you, before I make my decision, who do, who do you think yeah. might, so, you might have a better opportunity here? So a quick synopsis for each of the each of the four drivers. So Corey Heim, obviously, this is his second full-time season in the truck series. He moved over from Kyle Busch Motorsports after uh, they switched Chevrolet and he went to the formerly known, uh, well, now known as Tricon Garage, uh, which became kind of the spear, the the uh, figurehead Toyota truck team this year. Uh, joining him was Scott Zipidelli, who, who was a uh, former Truck Series Championship crew chief uh, back uh, several years ago with Brett Moffitt. Um, the uh, Carson Hosevar, um, you know, obviously, breakout season for him with four wins. Picked up his first win back at Texas uh, in the spring. Um, really had a great season. And as you as you mentioned, obviously made numerous cup starts between uh, in the Spire car first and then uh, driving the uh, the 42 um, Legacy Motor Club car uh, mm -hmm. the back half of the year as well. And then obviously, yeah, announced that he'll drive for... Um, He'll drive for Spire in full time in in two thousand or in twenty twenty four. Grand Infinger, um, you know, veteran driver of the Truck Series, 
uh, team GMS GMS Racing will be shutting down at the end of the year as they kind of consolidate down with with uh, moving over to Toyota with with um, the Legacy Motor Club deal, and then Ben Rhodes, who really think about it, and, and, and Tim, you mentioned obviously, you know, kind of a of a feast or famine season for him. Uh, he got his his crew chief that he won the championship with in 2021 back uh, after they made a uh, team swap with uh, he and, and Haley Deegan about about a month ago um, before the playoffs started. So they, uh, you know, through a little bit of strategy at Homestead, were able to to get enough points to make it into the final to the championship four. Uh, just looking at it on paper and just based off speed, it's hard to pick against uh, against Carson Hosovar. I got to say, he's he has matured well beyond maybe what people thought he was the last few years. The the speed was there, but was the maturity there? And he's he finally has found a way to bring speed to the racetrack and bring consistency. And uh, so my my pick is going to be Carson Hosovar. Yeah, I, I think. Maybe I'm remiss there, but did I, I missed out on the GMS shutdown there? I, I knew the announcement they they were consolidating operations, but I didn't know there was going to be a full shutdown there. So uh, that's good news to know. Obviously, with Grant Infinger, so obviously he's running pretty good for for some some team that's probably selling off all their assets while this deal is being done. Um, I, I I have to say I, I'm going to go with 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 stats here. I'm going to go with Ben Rhodes here. And and I'm gonna go with consistency in past champions here. Not saying anything against Scott Zipadelli. I like Scott a lot. Scotty, uh, you know, is obviously the brother of Greg uh, Zipadelli. He used to be the great crew chief for the 20 car when Tony Stewart ran it. Uh, yep. As well as he's also the head of competition there. I think at SHR, right? He's a and he's a Connecticut guy. He's a Connecticut guy. You know, you always love your Connecticut guys when you can. But Ben Rhodes, in my view, I think the championship can experience will definitely come to play um and, and come to the forefront. Corey Heim statistically should be up there up to the front. Uh it'd be you know if I'm wrong, I, I mean I'm gonna pick Ben Rhodes. I'm gonna pick a past champion here. Um the, I don't want the the moment to be too big for Carson, but I think Carson's already made his decision, you know, for for future sake to go into the cup series level and make I'm not sure, Chris. I think is that a, a a great move to make as a young driver to to run with a team that potentially could be the not say the bottom of the barrel in a sense because it won't be because of the the way they're going to work that deal out in the I would say the re, the funding of the team and the resources. I, I don't think it's going to be a bottom feeder team. I think it's going to run potentially top fifteen every week. So. Yeah, I mean, if you look at what if you look at what Corey LaJoy's done this year, I mean, his average finish is about six to seven place higher, places higher than it's been over the last couple of years. Um, do I, I mean? Do I think they're going to be a a race winning uh, team on a consistent basis? No, but I think they could get to a point where they could become a top fifteen team. I when when Hosevar has been, you know, I think in adequate equipment to what he's going to drive next year with. Uh, um, with the Legacy Motor Club, I mean, he's run inside the top ten several times. So there's definitely, uh, you know, there's definitely some pace there, um, you know. And so I think, you know, it, it, on paper it looks like a lateral move, but um, you know, an opportunity for him for him to get in the Cup Series. There's been several guys who have said, and we'll obviously touch a little bit on when we get talk about the Xfinity Series, but the difference that some guys are saying that going from truck to Xfinity is actually a little bit of a um 
can can sometimes hurt a driver because the difference between because the uh, there's more similarities between the truck and a uh, and the current next gen cup car. Yeah, I was going to say that that's uh, that's where I was really going with is it the Carson kind of jumping over the Xfinity level kind of it's going to detract, you know, deter him or maybe kind of cause some some maybe some negative consequences there and in, in the driving level, the skill level set. But I don't after watching him drive, you know, for legacy, you know, having his opportunities there, he, he did a pretty de- he did a pretty good job with the equipment that he had and, and everything that was going on there. So uh, it'd be interesting to see. I, I know you're picking that, you know, you're picking that young man. I'm going to pick Ben Rhodes. Now watch, we're going to both pick those two guys and watch Corey Himes going to come up and just win. Oh yeah. No, you know, exactly. It's just, it's how, that's how it's the, the, uh, you know, the optics of opposites here, but yeah. going into the Xfinity and not to take away anything for the, the truck drivers. I think every single one of us who's ever been a, a, a race car, a racing fan understands that each individual car has its challenges and the truck series has its challenges as, as an aero situation and, and not so much strategy. So it's, it's unique, right? The okay. Xfinity level compared to the difference between the cup series car at, at Phoenix is a complete night and day. It is a Dr. Jackal, Mr. Hyde effect. So we're going to go into the Xfinity car, which after Martinsville, which I'll touch briefly on, it's Sam Mayer, Justin Allgaier, John Hunter Nemechek, and Cole Custer. I'm going to just be remiss here and say that I heard on the radio listening to the Martinsville race while they're under red flag conditions that Sheldon Creed was literally talking to his crew saying, does Austin Hill know that if I win, that we're both into this race? Literally asking the crew, does Austin Hill know this information? And they couldn't tell us. They couldn't tell him. So do I blame Austin Creed for racing the way he did? Absolutely not. Do I think that Austin Creed's a pretty clean race car driver when it comes to racing and racecraft? It could have been a hell of a lot worse. Okay? We've seen some serious Bush League stuff before, no pun intended. Um, We've seen it before. I think, Chris, you can probably laugh at me about the amount of the stupidity we've seen at the, at the Xfinity level where guys are just dumping people for the sake of dumping people. But Austin Creed gave him a chance to race. So Andy Petrie, as much as I watch that video as well, I say, you know, if she was on the other foot, you wouldn't be coming to talk to him either. So not exactly. to say this anything. Austin Hill also outed Austin Creed's potential next year future plans, which I believe is Bush League also. Um, but at the same time, do I blame if that is indeed true? Do I blame Austin Creed for leaving? Absolutely not, then, because I can't you can't get respect. There's no team atmosphere at the affinity level. Like I'll say that you guys they're racing for their next opportunity at the cup level. So there's no like how do I put it, Chris? Like, there's no like, hey, I'm going to do you the right way so you can do me the right way later. These guys are racing for their futures, so it's kind of a set standard. But going into these four drivers, one one thing that's really sticks out here, I think, Chris, you can agree with me on this, is two cars from JR. Good old Junior Motorsports. Good old Junior himself, which, by the way, old the old, the old meets the new, okay? You have Justin Allgaier, who, I mean, regardless of what people think about Justin Allgaier, personally, professionally, 
He's been around loyal to junior motorsports for quite a long time. And then you have Sam Mayer, who's relatively come onto the scene in short, in short, short time here and has made a name for himself here, driving under some really good equipment. And he's, he's earned his right to be here. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek legacy holds no <laughs> Chris. I think we can say that he has a Nemechek last name. So if anyone knows his old man knows, he inherited some of his father's genes for sure when it comes to racing. So there's definitely that. And then you have Cole Custer, who if, if I remember correctly, Chris, he took a step down to come to the series at, at Stuart Haas when they're doing some off season stuff, right? Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. Him and, uh, uh, Ryan Priest obviously taking over the 41 car and then Custer being moved back down into the Xfinity series uh, this year. I, I don't want to kind of cause any stir up anything here, but was there anything written about why that was, you know, was it a funding issue? Was it a, any, any of that kind of was, what, what was the main cause uh, for that was, situation? For, it was just from, look- from all, from all I've read and, and, uh, you know, interpreting my, my guess is it seems like it was a move that Tony Stewart wanted to make. Um, I think Tony, you know, obviously Tony involved in Stewart Haas racing and with, with Gene Haas, uh, you know, that 41 car has always been kind of looked at as being Gene's car. I mean, it's, it's always had Haas slapped on it. It doesn't really had a lot of corporate sponsorship. So, you know, it's looked at as, you know, Hey, Gene puts who wants in the car. So obviously for several years, <clears throat> Cole Custer was the, was the driver of that car for um for for three seasons uh 2021 and 22 um you know cole's obviously uh father being uh the vice one of the vice presidents there at stewart haas racing and having a long relationship with with gene you know i think was definitely part of the you know part of why he did get to that level not saying he you know he, he obviously had the ability to drive um but yeah i think that the decision was kind of made that tony keeping trying to keep tony engaged in the owner you know in 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 the team was to make the uh the move to put uh to put um ryan ryan priest in that car this year yeah and and i mean it's it it does it does it bother anyone that that situation came about the way it did probably but at the same time he's obviously worked his way to get to this opportunity so i mean i i can't I mean, I can I can comprehend why they made that change if if they weren't getting the results that they wanted, right? So potentially they were not getting the results they wanted with with him in the in the forty one car. One thing I, I think we can both kind of attest to here is Junior Motorsports has been a very very they're always been at the forefront of like finding and in recruiting drivers at. at at the levels of which they want these guys to, to compete in. And and Sam Mayer, I, I think this year, I don't think it surprises many of us that he's there, but it, it who he's driving for kind of surprised some people. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he's, you know, Sam Mayer's in, in the she- kind of been in the Chevrolet development program the last few years, and Chevy's put, you know, has put stock in him. Um, so, you know, that, 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 that program there has really kind of been a, a place to get him uh, you know, the ability to, to get, you know, up through the, up to the Chevy ranks. So, um, so yeah, that's one, one of the reasons why he's ended up, uh, you know, at, at junior motorsports, you know, former Arca Menards champion. So, um, yeah, no doubt about it. That's where I, I think. So out of the three drivers here, obviously everyone knows who John Hunter, I, I, okay. Not everyone might not know who 
uh, who John Hunter Nemechek is. He is, I believe, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but I believe he is the son. Is he the youngest son of Joe Nemechek? Uh, I believe the only son of Joe Nemechek. Oh, yeah. that is the only son. Yeah. So, so, and he has a pedigree, which anyone who does not remember who Mr. Joe Nemechek is, he is a long legacy in the truck series. Long legacy in the truck series and is also at all three levels of the sport. Yep. He was so this the, man is uh, go ahead. Uh he won the uh 1992 Bush Series champion, or then then the Xfin now Xfinity series, then then the Bush Series championship um in, in 1992. And I, I'd have to I'd have to look to see if John Hunter does win the championship. How many father's sons have won championships at the Xfinity series level? Um, I think I he like, might be the. I, I mean, I could be remiss here, but I think he might be the. They might be the first in a very long while. I'll say that. Yeah. But I, I, I'm going to say my pick, and then we'll go into picks here. I could go into statistics on it, but really, to be fair to all the four drivers here, they've had a great, incredible season. All four of them kind of had their peaks and valleys, um, you know. And to and also to be fair, you know. At some point, John Hunter Nemechek is going to come back up to the Cup Series level and be really driving some really quality equipment, and then we're really going to see some real true talent uh, from him. I think he no, – no, nothing personal with his decision to drive the Cup Series last year in some subpar equipment, but I think his decision to go back to the Truck Series was worthy enough to go, hey, I, I need – I want to ra- I want to win races. And uh, – and compete for championships. So, and he did this, that he, he did it at every single level. So for him to, I'm going to pick John Hunter Nemechek. And that's who my pick is. Nothing against junior motorsports. I think a lot of fans love junior motorsports, but uh, Justin Allgaier just, I, I, I don't think so. Might not have it just quite yet. And I, I think Sam Mayer, he might pull off a fast one, but I'm going to go with old trusted. I, I like John Hunter Nemechek here. Yeah, <clears throat> I I uh I agree with you here. Um, you know, kind of looking at all four guys, uh, you know, Sam Mayer, this is his first final four appearance, you know, so with that comes, you know, the limelight of of doing of being a part of a championship and, you know, is he too big for the moment? You know, only, you know, obviously we'll tell after 200 laps on on Saturday. Um, but you have to think, you know, first time racing for a championship, first race jitters. I mean, obviously for him um, you know, four wins this year, kind of similar to Carson Hosevar, like, you know, went winless in his rookie season, then, you know, really got his first win at Road America, uh, his home track, and then racked up four more wins, including, uh, you know, winning uh, two weeks ago in uh, in uh, Homestead. So, you know, he's, you know, Sam Mayer's really, really done well. Justin Allgaier, you know, as mentioned, you know, Wiley veteran of the, of the Xfinity series has been, you know, has made the final four numerous times and, you know, just seems like they've had fast race cars in Phoenix. He's won multiple times in Phoenix, but they just can't seem to the last 15, 20 laps. They seem to just lose that little bit of pace. They need to win. Um, uh, Cole Custer, you know, obviously we talked about him returning to the Xfinity series full time. You know, he's made the final four numerous times as well. Um, you know, I think he's probably, if you say, uh, who, you know, if you were to rank these guys, you'd probably put Custer second. Um, you know, I'd say he, if you know, picking Nemechek, but I would say Custer would probably be, be my number two. 
Um, you know, obviously the only Ford uh, represented in, in, in the uh, in the final four. And then, yeah, I'm going to pick, uh, you know, can't it's hard to bet against seven victories this year for for John Hunter Nemechek and, and Joe Gibbs racing, um, you know, brought a ton of speed this year uh, out of that car. He's, of course, has already been announced. He's going full time back to the Cup Series next year in that number 42 car, which will switch to Toyota uh, with uh, with Legacy Motor Club. So um hard to bet against uh hard to bet against them if you i mean if you really look at it three of the four drivers in the final four in the Xfinity series all have pretty decent cup experience so the only guy you look at who's really a true first timer is uh is sam Mayer. but i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you tim and i'm gonna pick john hunter nemechek to win the 2020 and, Xfinity series championship yeah i mean i i appreciate you Letting us all know about the John Hunter Nemechek. Uh, maybe I missed out on that news dropping of the day. I didn't know he was going to the 42. I didn't know that was officially. I know I heard rumors about it, but I maybe I misread that. Those stories that come out like they, they, they announce these, I would say, in-season moves like that. I kind of I, I don't trust anything I read till a press con- or press release gets dropped. So um, but that's cool for him. I think I, I t- I'm not saying I forgot about the legacy moving over to Toyota, but I'll be, I guess you could say I had a, a, a fog moment and uh, I forgot about that key situation, but hey man, that's why, that's why, that's why we, that's why we do this podcast. Yeah. That's why you, you always remind me of the things that I forget my friend. And, and, uh, that's, <laughs> that goes with everything in life. My friend, uh, <laughs> there's certain things like, I don't know, finances that are very important, uh, but for the last one, I think the last topic, I think after last weekend, as a fan of racing, there is nothing better than these guys that are coming around the corner here. This is the future of what we have to watch the next, I would say, how so many years you want to watch NASCAR. These guys are the future. These guys are the future now, and, and these guys have come to forefront of just awesome racing, awesome racecraft. It's exciting racing. So the first, the four guys we got: Blaney, Ryan Blaney, young Ryan Blaney, as he is nicknamed, Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, William Byron. Which somebody brought up a very valid point here. Three out of these four drivers are former dirt track racers, or still dirt track racers. Um, and, and I think that has a lot to do with what's going to happen. Um. How much can you keep that car sideways? I'm just joking. Phoenix isn't like that, but it it's it's really racecraft. I, I I don't know what else I can say, Chris, other than saying that Ryan Blaney has put on a clinic of what consistency looks like in the last ten races. Um, I, I think eight eight top tens in the last ten races. I think six or seven top fives here, and he's won more this year than he's probably won in the last what five seasons i i think and it's not just the moments uh, yep go ahead he's uh yeah he's tied his uh his his career uh career best of three wins uh he, he did the same in in 2000 and uh in 21 so but i i think chris what's something i noticed as a race car fan race fan is that he's improving on tracks that he's not been so good at over the years right so and you're seeing that improvement across the board in that program as well. Obviously you can, you can attest that you can allude that to maybe possibly a crew chief, a crew chief change 
uh, going to a different guy than the, the usual pedigree that's come out of Penske over the years. Maybe a new face, new, new, new kind of look on things, or new, new set of eyes on things. Also, it could be the driver improving himself and maybe the simulators in the in the off season, but improving his racecraft. But maybe them finding something with this package. Who knows? But one thing is for certain. We put we saw a clinic this past weekend. He was in the top five for most of the day. Obviously, Martinsville, Chris. I think you can allude to this as well. It can be a, a crapshoot at times. It really can be. Um, we've seen it. Restarts are kind of a just roll the dice and hope it all works out in turn one. But out of all the drivers, consistently wise, okay, two out of those four drivers race for the same team. Okay, Hendrick Motorsports, who, if anyone wants to keep track at home, has a history of winning championships. Okay. Let's not forgive that. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not forget that for history's sake, that they have arguably two of the drivers in the in the entire sport that have come out of that stable who are made history. Jeff Gordon, who is now the vice chairman of Hendrick Motorsports, who I would say maybe possibly had some involvement with the the leader in this situation here, who might be the betting odds would say would be the, the foregone favorite here. Mr. Kyle Larson, his resurgence back in the sport. You also have William Byron, who a young young man that came out of the Charlotte met in a Charlotte area and, and became on that driving that legacy 24 car. Uh, not the legacy team, but the 24's history. Chris, I don't know about you, man, but Christopher Bell, I I, I have to give him more credit to do. Out of all the JGR cars, I, I just have to give him credit. He performed at a level he kind of kept his mouth shut and did his thing and raced hard and got himself to this point. Um, he wasn't making headlines throughout the season like Hamlin and Truex Jr. with the the amount of, I would say, results, but he was definitely putting on a – he was doing consistently what needed to be done to make the point standings. But I, I hate to say this to every fan here, but it's either it, – to me, there's only two guys here, here. – that are going to be, in my view, that are going to be the worth watching all weekend. And that's going to be Ryan Blaney or Kyle Larson. That's it. So I'm going to pick Blaney for the sake of Blaneyness because he's awesome. He's an awesome car, awesome race car driver, awesome human being. Nothing against Kyle Larson as a human being either, but he's a generational talent and he's already got one. So I want to go with the one that doesn't, the guy doesn't have one yet. So. Chris, I'm going to let you make your run here on this pick, but I told you two guys in my view, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll keep uh, I'll keep it keep it brief here. I know we're getting towards the end of the show, but uh yeah, I mean looking at looking at the final four, obviously um you know Ryan Blaney uh first championship four appearance in his career and taking a a big step. He uh you know had been to numerous round of eights, but finally breaks breaks the uh breaks through the glass and uh joins the uh joins the final four for the first time coming off a big win last week uh in, in martinsville so bringing a ton of momentum and phoenix is one of his best tracks um and he's finished second in the uh the last or the last two races finished second to joey logano in this race last year then finished second to william byron in uh in in uh march um you know, then speaking of William Byron, obviously breakout season for him, six wins on the year, 
uh, including a win, including winning at Phoenix here in in the spring. So, um, you know, twenty four team has been has been on it. Last week was kind of a nerve wracking. Uh, that was probably the biggest cracks in the armor I had seen was was definitely last week out of the twenty four team. You could definitely hear some some panic for sure. Um, you know, as mentioned, Kyle Larson. You know, I, I think has an advantage. He was the first guy to lock in by virtue of his win uh, in uh, in Las Vegas and locking into the to the championship four. So, you know, the ability for him and, and crew chief Cliff Daniels to to really be able to hone and work work on this Phoenix package for the last couple of weeks is, you know, I think is is a big advantage. Um, and then finally, Christopher Bell, his second consecutive. Uh, champ for appearance and uh, you know really a an attaboy to to crew chief adam stevens i mean i think one of the more underrated crew chiefs obviously won two championships with with kyle bush but um you know they've just just kind of plugged away um you know when i when i look at it uh you know it's you know i i would say here and i'm i'm gonna (laughs) this is gonna be a little crazy but i'm actually gonna go i'm actually gonna go kyle larson um, I think, I think the, uh, being understated is having that ability to work on your car for, um, those extra couple weeks, you know, it could, it can, it could be, it could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing, but as we've seen, and we saw last year with Joey Logano when, with his win in Vegas, the ability for a team to have two weeks essentially to really, you know, not dog it, but also have the ability to kind of put their focus solely on the plans that they have to go race in Phoenix. It's, it's hard to pick against Kyle Larson just strictly on that basis. He's also the only, uh, the only um, driver with a championship. So I think that that, you know, knowing you, you've been obviously on that step of the podium one time, I feel like it makes it easier than uh, the next time. But, you know, I got to go Kyle Larson here uh, just strictly on the basis of, of having the extra time to work on stuff. Um, but again, would not be surprised if, uh, if, you know, I'll, I'll definitely say Ryan Blaney brings a ton of momentum. He's been fast at Phoenix. The, the Penske Fords have, have found speed. So, um, going to go Larson 1A and I'm going to go Blaney 1B. But I feel like, again, that two weeks of preparation is, is key if you use it, uh, if you use it properly. And I, I think I agree with you there. I think the prep will, will help him. Uh, I think just consistently, are we going to see it? I think a lot of drama is going to be written into the media. I think, Chris, you can agree with me on that. Is they're going to do a lot of hype train, as I call it, throughout the week to throughout the weekend to get to this point. But at some point, the guys are going to hook in, hook back into the cars, strap in, do their thing, and they're going to race. And there's nothing, nothing the media can do about it. There's nothing, no commercials, no interviews. They're going to get to this point. In your case with Larson, he's been to this this mecca before. He's been to the mountaintop. He knows what the pressure is going to look like. The other three drivers have yet to be there. So as a standpoint of a, of a human being and as a the human element, the nerves alone could get to somebody. And I think that's going to affect some of these drivers. And I, I'm not sure to what level, but I think... Larson here has the advantage in that situation as well. That's why he's my backup pick. Honestly, I, I, as much as I, I'm going based on momentum and statistics on my pick with Blaney and, and a lot of other things as well. But I think Blaney has shown the most improvement 
across the board um, down the stretch. And I think he kind of knew when the, when the, as you would say, the, the time to go or the time to perform, he knew when it was time to perform and he did his thing. Be a very fun weekend to watch a lot of this racing for everyone to watch, keeping a track at home. So you hear our picks first. I'm picking Blaney. Chris is picking Larson. But listen, we're not going to be saddened at all whoever wins this championship. We're going to be more excited the fact that the season's over because they come back around unless 12 weeks later, Daytona. And for all the creams at home, they finally get to enjoy a vacation and some downtime and some sp- spend some time with their families that they haven't yet done so this year. So I think as a NASCAR fan, you have to say I appreciate it. Also, I also appreciate hopefully they come back with a better TV package for next year. But we'll do another podcast episode on that one as well. But everybody, I appreciate the opportunity, as always, for your listenership. Chris, I appreciate you joining me once again. Uh, Hope everyone has a great, great November. We're going to have some fun here. Thank you for listening to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Feel free to follow us on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook.